Welcome to Zichud Avsi. My name is Rabbi Goldhar, and today we're in Sechet Psachim, Dat Kuftezayin, the tenth parak, Arve Psachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states, Mazgu will Kosheni. They mixed and poured for him a second cup of wine. Vakana ben Shola Aviv. And here the son asks his father. The Rishbam explains that the son asks why the father is pouring a second cup of wine before eating. To which the father answers with, Avadim Hayinu. We are slaves to Paro in Mitzrayim. According to the Rashbam, there is no need to recite the Manishtana since the question was asked. The Mishnah continues to be im ein das ben and if the son doesn't have sufficient understanding, the father teaches him to ask Manishtana. Now, it's taught in the Bryce of Chacham Benoshalva. If his son is intelligent enough to ask the Manishtana, the son asks him. But if the son is not intelligent enough, his wife asks him. And if his wife doesn't ask the questions, then he asks them to himself. And even two who are proficient in Hilchas Pesach must ask one another. Point number two, the Mishnah state of The father begins Sipar Yetzirah Sitzvayim with B'nai Israel's disgrace, and he concludes with B'nai Israel's glory. The Gemara asks, my B'gnus, what is meant by beginning the narrative with Israel's disgrace? Rav said, We recite, originally our ancestors were idol worshippers, and Shmuel said, We recite, we were slaves to Paro Mitzrayim. The Shavach would be understood to be the reverse image of their interpretations of Gnus. According to Rav, the Shavach would refer to our coming close to Kosh Baruch Hu's service, whereas according to Shmuel, it referred to proclaiming all the miracles and wonders that brought about our deliverance. The Haggadah contains both interpretations. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Rav Gamliel would say, Whoever did not say these three things on Pesach night has not fulfilled his chiv. Pesach, Matzah, Amara. They are Pesach, Matzah, and Amara. The Rashbam says that this refers to explaining the reasons for these three mitzvahs, and the Rambam says that the Chiv Ram Gamil is referring to is the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzitz Yitzrayim. Rabbi said, Matzah Tzarech Lahagbiya, Amara Tzarech Lahagbiya. One must lift up the Matzah and show it to the others when reciting the reason for eating Matzah, and one must lift up the Mara and do the same. Basar Ein Tzarech Lahagbiya. However, one need not lift up the meat when explaining the mitzvah Pesach. And not only is it not required to raise the meat, but if one would do so, he'd give the appearance of eating kachim that was shechted outside the base of Migdash. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, They mixed and poured for him a second cup of wine. And here, the son asks his father. Rashbam explains that the son asks why the father is pouring a second cup of wine before eating, to which the father answers with, We were slaves to Paro Mitzrayim. According to the Rashbam, there is no need to recite the Manishtana since the question was asked. The Mishnah continues, And if the son does not have sufficient understanding, the father teaches him to ask Manishtana. I was taught in a brace of Chacham, but no Shalwell. If his son is intelligent enough to ask about Nishtana, the son asks him, Vim eno Chacham, Ishto Shalto. But if his son is not intelligent enough, his wife asks him, Vim love, who Shalwell And if his wife does not ask the questions, then he asks him to himself, Vafiu, Shnei Tomei Chachamim, Shiodim Behochaz Pesach, and even two Tomei Chachamim, who are proficient in Hilchaz Pesach, Shoalin Zelazet, must ask one another. Point number two, the Mishnah stated, Maschil Begnos, Messiah Meshavach. The father begins Sipur Yitzim Sisrayim with B'nai Israel's disgrace, and he concludes with B'nai Israel's glory. The Gemara asks, My Begnos, what is meant by beginning the narrative with Israel's disgrace? So Rav said, We recite originally, our ancestors were idol worshippers, and Shmuel said, We recite, we are slaves to Paro in Mitzrayim. 
the Shavach would be understood to be the reverse image of their interpretations of Gnus. According to Rav, the Shavach would refer to our coming close to Kodesh Baruch Hu's service, whereas according to Shmuel, it referred to proclaiming all the miracles and wonders that brought about our deliverance. The Haggadah contains both interpretations. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, where Megamil would say, Whoever did not say these three things on Pesach night has not fulfilled his chiyuv. They are Pesach, Matzah, and Maror. The Rashmam says that this refers to explain the reasons for these three mitzvahs, and the Rambam says that the Chiyuv Rambam Gamliel is referring to as the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzhiyat Yitzrayim. Rav said, One must lift up the matzah and show it to the others when reciting the reason for eating matzah, and one must lift up the mar and do the same. Basar ain't sarachah However, one need not lift up the meat when explaining the mitzvah of Pesach, and not only is it not required to raise the meat, but if one would do so, he would give the appearance of eating kudshin that was shechted outside the base of Migdash. All right, so now we go to our sim for Daf Kuftezayin, and this sim was suggested to us by Menashe Riven Weiss from Yushalayim and Aaron Warsaw from Queens. They both suggested Kuftezayin is a barber giving haircuts. Barber giving haircuts. Here goes. The barber told his wife, who asked the four questions, that originally the Jews had long straggly hair in Mitzrayim, but left with the hair washed, styled, and cut, while he lifted up the matzahs high up in the air. Once again, it's motion. The barber, the barber, that must be Ron Duff, Kuftez Zion. The barber told his wife, who asked the four questions, which reminds the next mission states that they mix and poured for him a second cup of wine, the Khan of Ben Shol Avim, and here the son asks his father. Rashbam explains that the son asks why the father is pouring a second cup of wine before eating, to which the father answers with Avadimayinu, we were slaves of Bar Mitzrayim. According to the Rashbam, there is no need to recite the Manishtana since a question was asked. The mission continues, and if the son doesn't have sufficient understanding, the father teaches him to ask Manishtana. And then it was taught in Brice, if the son's a Chacham, then he asks. If he's not, his wife asks. And if his wife doesn't ask, who shall Atzmu? Then he asks them to himself, and even two Tamil Chachamim, or proficient in Hilchas Pesach, must ask one another. So the barber told his wife, who asked the four questions, that originally the Jews had long, straggly hair in Mitzrayim, but left with their hair washed, styled, and cut. Which reminds us that the Mishnah state of Maschil Begnus, Masayim B'Shevach, the father begins Sipar Yitzin Sitzrayim with B'nai Yisrael's disgrace, and he concludes it with B'nai Yisrael's glory. And the Gemara asks, what is the Gnus? So Rav said, We recite originally our answers were idol worshippers, and Shmuel said, We recite, we are slaves to Parah Mitzrayim. And the Shavuot would be understood to be the reverse image of their interpretations of Gnus. According to Rav, the Shavuot would refer to our coming close to Kosh Baruch Hu's service, whereas according to Shmuel, would refer to proclaiming all the miracles and wonders that brought about our deliverance. And the Haggadah contains both interpretations. So the barber told his wife, who asked the four questions, that originally the Jews had a long, straggly hair in Mitzrayim, but left with the hair washed, styled, and cut, while he lifted the matzahs high up in the air. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Ramon Gamil would say, Whoever didn't say these three things on Pesach night has not fulfilled his chiyuv. Rashbam says that this refers to explaining the reasons for these three mitzvahs, and the Rambam says that the chiyuv Rambam Gamliel was referring to is the mitzvah of Sipur Yitzim Sitzrayim. Rava said one must lift up the matzah to show it to the others when reciting the mitzvah for eating matzah, and one must lift up the maror and do the same. But baser ain't sarachah However, one need not lift up the meat when explaining the mitzvah of Pesach. And not only is it not required to raise the meat, but if one would do so, it would give the appearance of eating kachim that was shechted outside the base of Migdash. So once again, the barber told his wife who asked the four questions that originally the Jews had a long, straggly hair in Mitzrayim, but left with their hair washed, styled, and cut, while he looked at the matzahs high up in the air. All right, now it's time for four-block back chazarah. 
Daf Kuf Yud Beis. The Simra Kuf Yud Beis is a Rubik's Cube. So here goes. The poor Rubik's Cube teacher. Rubik's Cube. That must be on Daf Kuf Yud Beis. The poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos like Chol sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Abrakosos of the Seder, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that even an Anus supported from the Tamchui must fulfill the mitzvah to drink the Abrakosos. The Gemara explains the lesson of the Mishnah that even according to Rabbi Kiva who says, Aseh Shabbos Chol make your Shabbos like a weekday and do not be dependent on other people, here because of publicizing the miracle, he agrees. In other words, even though Rabbi Kiva maintains that one should not accept staka in order to honor Shabbos, one should do so in order to drink four cups of wine at the Seder and thereby publicize the miracle of Yitzhak Yitzrayim. So the poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos like Chol sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Abrakosos of the Seder, as well as a book for his young son, Free of Mistakes, which reminds us that when Rabbi Kiva was in prison, he told Rabbi Shem Bar Yechai five pieces of advice, one of which was, When you teach your son, teach him with a Seder that has been corrected and is therefore free of mistakes. Rava and some Seder Masharshi explained that specifically Bechadita, when teaching new material, it is imperative that one use a book that is free of mistakes because Shabashta came into all, all. Once a mistake enters a child's mind, it enters and it's hard to correct. So the poor Rubik's Cube teacher who treated his Shabbos like Chol sold his last Rubik's Cube to purchase Abrakosos for the Seder, as well as a book for his young son, Free Mistakes, titled Travel Tales of Terror on Tuesday and Friday night, which reminds us that it was taught in Nebraska that one should not go out alone at night on Tuesday nights or on Friday nights because Agras Bas Machlas, a female demon and 18 myriads of destructive angels go out there. The Gemara explains that these were prevalent every night until Agras Bas Machlas encountered Rebbe Mendoza. She told him, if not for the fact they announced in Shemaim, beware of Hanina and his Torah, I would have endangered you. So he told her, if I am held in esteem in Shemaim, then I decree upon you that you never pass through populated areas again. When she begged him to reconsider, he allowed her to go out on Tuesday nights when villagers do not need to travel to the city the night before for tour readings or travel home the next day, and Friday nights when people are not permitted to travel. Daf Kuf Yud Gimel, so the Simra Kuf Yud Gimel is a geek. A geek. So here goes. The geeky bachelor. Geeky, that must be run Daf Kuf Yud Gimel. The geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years, which reminds us, there are three people about whom a Baruch Hu announces their virtue every day. About a bachelor who lives in a large city where temptations are common and he doesn't sin. About a poor man who returns a lost object that he finds to his owner. And about a rich man who takes miser from his produce in private and thus avoids flaunting his wealth. So the geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years was in shock. He got lashed for testifying alone about his neighbor. Which reminds the Gemara brings a list of three people Kushbar who hates. One who says one thing with his mouth while meaning another in his heart. One who knows testimony about his friend but doesn't testify on his behalf. And one who sees that his friend committed an affair involving a rice and testifies about him alone without a second witness. And the Gemara illustrates the last case with the story of Zigud who testified alone about Tuvia before her papa. When her papa had Zigud lash, Zigud asked, Tuvia chata v'zigud mingad? Tuvia sinned and Zigud is lash? Her papa told him that two witnesses were required for Basin to act and he testified alone and therefore he's just merely defaming him, meaning that he's being mosi shemra about him. Rabbi Shmoba Rav Yitzhak says in the name of Rav, Mutalisanoso, the lone witness is allowed to hate the person who did the affair and he bruises from the Pasuk. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzhak says, Mitzvah It's a mitzvah to hate him in such a case as it says in the Pasuk, Fear of Hashem is hatred of evil. So the geeky bachelor who lived in the big city for years was in shock. He got lashed for testifying alone about his neighbor. 
who was an arrogant pauper that no one could understand. Which reminds the Gemara brings a list of four people who behave in a way the mind cannot tolerate. Rashwam explains that people cannot understand their behavior, and Rashi explains that even the perpetrators regret their own actions eventually and are ashamed of themselves. A pauper who is haughty, a rich man who denies a valid financial claim against them, an old man who commits adultery, and a communal leader who imposes himself upon the community for no reason. The Rashbam explains that he enjoys the honor his position brings him, but he doesn't help his community in their hour of need. Daf Kufiyadal. So the symbol of is a kiddie amusement park. So here goes. The mock Seder at the Kitty Amusement Park. Kitty Amusement Park? That must be run Duff Kufya Dalit. The mock Seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush. Which reminds Beishamay says that one says the bracha on the day Kiddush first, and then he says the bracha on the wine. Whereas Beishila says he says the bracha on the wine first at Kiddush, and then he says the bracha on the day. Abrais explains that Beishamay and Beishil each have two reasons for the position. Beishamay say Kiddush comes first because the day causes the wine to come. Rashbam explains that it's only because it's Yantav that wine is being drunk before the meal and the day was already sanctified before the wine came to the table. Basil say the Borei Priya Govan comes first because the wine causes Kiddush to be said. Rashbam explains that one cannot say Kiddush without either wine or bread. And also, Alternatively, the bracha over wine is frequent and the bracha over the day is not frequent. And the rule is in a case of a frequent thing and an infrequent thing, the frequent thing comes first. So the mock seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses why the mission requires lettuce to be brought from Maror if lettuce was already eaten for karpas and why we do not say that the mitzvah of Maror was already fulfilled then. Reish Lakish says, Zosomeris mitzvot srichas kavana. This teaches that mitzvahs need kavana, meaning it's because the lettuce eaten as karpas was not eaten with intent to fulfill the mitzvah of Maror, that the mitzvah was not fulfilled, and lettuce must be eaten again specifically as Maror. The Gemara dismisses this proof by suggesting a different explanation for lettuce being eaten a second time after the mitzvah of Maror was fulfilled during karpas. So that there will be a distinguishing factor for the children. Rashbam explains that eating lettuce a second time will provoke children to ask questions, as it's unusual to eat vegetables twice during a meal. So the mock seder at the Kitty Amusement Park got out of hand when some children started fighting over which bracha to say first at Kiddush, while others wouldn't stop dipping, splashing water all over too. Cooked foods, which reminds us, the Gemara elaborates on the Mishnah statement that Shnei Tavshilin are brought. My Shnei Tavshilin, what constitutes two cooked items? Among the opinions the Gemara cites is that of Rav Yosef, who says, One must have two types of meat. One is a commemoration of the carbon Pesach, and another as a commemoration of the carbon Chagiga. And the Rashbam explains that this is the Chagiga that was brought together with the carbon Pesach. The other views accept that Shnei Tavshilin commemorate these two Karbanas, but argue that foods other than meat also achieve this. Tav Kuftazvav. So the Simmer Kuftazvav is a Katoris maker. So here goes. The Katoris maker, who had an exceptional sense of smell and taste, and made sure to savor his matzah and maror separately, was aghast when he saw the one leading the Seder swallow them whole, after the table had been removed from in front of him. Once again, it's motion. The Katoris maker, Katoris maker, that must mean one Tav Kuftazvav. The Katoris maker, who had an exceptional sense of smell and taste, and made sure to savor his matzah and maror separately, which reminds us the Gemara says a man should not wrap matzah and maror together and eat them because we hold that matzah is a mitzvah deraisa, even nowadays, and maror is a mitzvah derabana nowadays, in the absence of the Karim Pesach. So if they're eaten together, the maror derabana will come and nullify the matzah deraisa, and the Rashbam explains that the taste of the matzah will be nullified, and the Gemara explains that even the manda amar, 
who generally holds that mitzvahs ain't mevatel zo zo, mitzvahs do not nullify each other, agrees that a mitzvah the Rabban does nullify a mitzvah the Raisa. The Rishmam explains that the argument to say that the two mitzvah foods generally do not nullify each other is that they are similar to each other in that they are both eaten in fulfillment of similar mitzvahs. This isn't the case where one food is eaten for a mitzvah the Raisa and the other for a mitzvah the Rabban. And the Gemara identifies the Mandamra who holds mitzvahs ain't mevatel zo zo as Hillel who would eat the carbon Pesach, Matzah, Amor together. The Gemara concludes that because the Rabbanon argued with Hillel, and it was not stated whom the Halakha follows, Matzah, Amor should be eaten separately with brachos, and then together without brachos, Zechul Mikdash Gehillel, as a commemoration of the base of Mikdash, according to Hillel. So the Ketoris maker, who had an exceptional sense of smell and taste, and made sure to savor his Matzah, Amor separately, was aghast when he saw the one leading the Seder swallow them whole, which reminds us that the Rav, says, Bala Matzah Yatzah, Bala Yatzah. If one swallowed matzah, he fulfilled the mitzvah, but if one swallowed maror, he did not fulfill the mitzvah. Noshmam explains that the Gemara refers to swallowing matzah and maror whole without chewing them. Eating this way is acceptable for the mitzvah matzah, which must be simply be eaten, but not the mitzvah maror, whose bitter taste must be sensed to commemorate bimaru as chayem, and they embitter their lives. If he wrapped them in baths, Matilda grows around a palm tree and swallowed them whole, he didn't even fulfill the mitzvah of matzah. And Rashmam explains that neither the matzah nor the mar are considered to have been in the person's mouth, and his swallowing them is no more than an act of eating than throwing a stone into a bag is. So the Gatoris maker had an exceptional sense of smell and taste, and made sure to savor his matzah mar separately, was aghast when he saw the one leading the satyr swallow them whole, after the table had been removed in front of him. Which reminds the reason to remove the table that was in front of the person who would lead the Seder and say the Haggadah is Kadeshi Akira Tino Kazi so the children will notice and ask about the unusual behavior. Rishmam notes that nowadays when everyone sits together at one large table and it would be impractical to remove it, we simply move away the Seder plate containing the matzah maror and the two cooked items. And the Gemara tells of the time Abai saw the table being removed from in front of Rabbah and said, we didn't eat yet and they're coming to remove the table from before us and Rabbah told them, manishtana, you exempted us from saying manishtana. Rishmam explains that the requirement that someone ask about the different things done in the Seder was fulfilled through Abai's question. All right, now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions plus Three bonus questions from Masechus Brachas Shabbos and Erevin. Number one. Which Daftu Melchus Beisham Beisham regarding which comes first at Kiddush? The Brach on the Yom or the Yain? That's on Daf. Kufyadal. Good. Number two. Which Daftu in that one of the four people whose behavior is difficult to understand is a pauper who acts in a haughty manner? That's on Daf. Kufyad Gimel. Good. Number three. Which Daftu in that the matzahs and the maras are lifted at the Seder but the meat is not? That's on Daf. Kuftazain. Good number four. Which stuff when the reason for removing the table or the Seder plate in front of the one leading the Seder is to get the children to ask questions? That's on Duff. Kuftazbav. Good number five. Which stuff when the coin to Rav Yosef, the Shnei Tavshilin, are two pieces of meat, one representing the Pesach and one for its Chagiga? That's on Duff. Kufyadal. Good number six. Which stuff do we learn that if the son isn't intelligent enough to ask Manishtana, the wife asks, or he asks himself, that's on Duff. Kuftazain, good number seven. Which of the one that Matzah Amor should not be eaten together because a mitzvah's mavatla zo is zo, that's on Duff. Kuftazvav, good number eight. Which Duff do we have a Malchokus Rabbin Shmuel regarding what is considered Maskel Begnus, Masayim Meshavach, that's on Duff. Kuftazain, good number nine. Which stuff they learn the reason for being tovel twice is to get the children to ask questions. That's on Duff. 
Kafiyadal good. And number 10, which of the women one should not testify against someone regarding a Dvar Erva as a single witness? That's on Duff. Kufiyud Gimel. Good, now the three bonus questions. Number one, which stuff did we discuss? Tamas Chus Avos, that's on Duff. Nunhein Shabbos. Good, number two. Which stuff did we in the source that a measuring rope is 50 Amos, that's on Duff. Nunches and Erevin. Good, and number three. Which stuff did we discuss? Taking shortcuts through the shul, that's on Duff. Samach Beisim Brachas. Excellent, right? That concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ramgold Mazichu wishing you a great day and great learning.